Amen. So we're in a series entitled Dare to Wonder, and I like the title, uh, not because I thought of it myself, but because it encourages us to question and go deep and risk uh, polishing off the edges of all the things that we thought we knew because the world's a different place, and I'm a different person now, so are you. And in the conflagration of all those things, God may seek to do a new thing, so we dare to wonder. And uh, that's our journey that we're on over the next few months. I want to ask a real, and answer a real simple question this morning. It goes like this. Who am I? I mean, really, who am I? Right? Uh, yeah, we could do that. Take the offering and get out of here, I suppose, right? So who, who are you? If you had to define yourself, how would you define yourself? Would you define yourself with all the things that you do? Or would you define yourself with a different form of answer? I'd like to suggest that it's who I am is not what I do. Who I am is my position and place in Jesus Christ. I'll never forget as a senior in high school, uh, gosh, I was dating a gal that ended up being the homecoming queen, and it was, it was a strange deal. We were f- more than friends, but we weren't dating, and it was just, it was confusing, as if high school's not already confusing, right? I mean, seriously. So I, I couldn't really quite figure it out. But she kept saying to me, Tob, I, I just, I don't know who I am. Right? Did you ever get that, guys? How many guys got that line? Yeah, okay. So there's, this, this, there's, there's a struggle in the midst of what it means to be human to figure out who we really and, and, and truly are. And I want to dive a little deeper into that. There's a great new book out by Gene Twenge called iGen. iGen, and, and actually if, you have any, uh, if you're born after 1994 or know anybody that was born after 1994, they're the iGen generation. They're the first post-internet generation. They're the, they're the folks that have grown up always with the internet. Okay, They're the folks that walk around with this thing in their hand all the time. All the time. And in her book, iGen, she says that the journey to adulting has sped up and slowed down at the same time. She says that 25 is the new 15 years old and 15 years old is the new 25. I'll just let you get your mind around that. Good luck. It ain't going to happen. And when I dug into this book quite a bit, uh, and I'm going to refer to this a lot because it kind of blew me away at a variety of different turns, I'd like to talk a little bit about this journey to adulting. And notice that the word adulting is actually a verb. Right? So there is this, this movement from adolescence to adulting, and it's speeding up and slowing down. It's getting longer, and it's starting earlier. Why is that? Why does it start earlier? It starts earlier because, well, we have access to everything immediately on this little bad boy, right? I don't know if you know this, but the average eighth grader uh, is on their device about five hours a day. The average 17, 18, 19-year-old is on their device about six hours a day. Now, there's some good news here. It's not all bad news, but, but for those five to six, sometimes a little less, sometimes a little more, what's your question? Your question is probably my question. What are they doing on that thing? Well, here's the types of things that they're doing. They're, they're texting each other. They're instant messaging each other. They're looking on their social media accounts, and there's, they've probably got four or five, primarily Instagram and Snapchat, 
And that's how they communicate. They, they don't communicate face-to-face -face anymore. They communicate via text messages. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm still struggling to figure out how they're going to get to five or six hours doing that. Well, here's the other thing they're doing. They're looking at YouTube funny videos, usually around cats and things. And they're just laughing at it. And people are making a fortune. <laughs> the real lucky ones are making a fortune doing the stupidest things. You know, the things that I used to do as a youth pastor, somebody's living high on a hill now somewhere because they put it on this little thing and, and they're getting all kinds of uh, hundreds of thousands of likes and becoming an over-global uh, YouTube phenom. So they're getting their information earlier, but here's the catch. They're not getting their information from necessarily true sources. So the world is at their fingertips younger. They're facing adult kind of scenarios at an earlier age. As a result, they're probably one of the most well-behaved generations ever. I guarantee you they're better behaved than any single person in this room. Let me tell you why. The research suggests it. And I'm not going to tell you the whole book because I want you to hear more later. They don't get their driver's license until they're about 19 years old. That's just part of it. So if you're wondering, when the heck is my kid going to get their license? I'm sick and tired of driving them all over kingdom come. It ain't going to happen. Because they don't want to. So they get their driver's license later. They take their first drink later. That's good news. Um, they have their first, this is the R-rated section of the sermon. Um, they have their first sexual encounter later. They don't go out as individuals. Rarely do they go to bars. Now, I don't know about you, but this does not sound like the high school I went to, which is good. They get into high school, and they, or they get into college, and they're still acting like 15-year-olds. It's fascinating. If you can ask any university educator here, and we've seen it a little bit, safe spaces, trigger warnings, all this kind of thing. Why? Because it's not just about being physically safe, it's about being emotionally safe too. Now what I don't want to do is devalue those who have actually experienced significant trauma. Hear me. But not everything is significant trauma. Just getting one's feelings hurt is not significant trauma. It just means your feelings were hurt. So it's fascinating. 2015 is the new 25. 25 is the new 15. They want to be parented. They want their college professors to coddle and take care of them because they want to be safe. Isn't this a fascinating deal? So this is the world we're kind of now starting to learn how to navigate. In the midst of this, they're struggling to find a job, to live at the same level of economic wherewithal that their parents did, and it's getting harder and harder and harder to do this. When you thought that as a high if you had a high school student and you knocked on their door at night and you thought they were in bed going to sleep, they probably weren't. They had their device with them under their pillow texting, getting less and less sleep, talking longer and longer throughout the night becoming more and more sleep-deprived, becoming more and more stressed out. And here's some of the bad news of this study that she brought to us. Girls now face an incredible 
onslaught of body and shaming image things that are leading them to catch up to boys in attempted rates of suicide. Okay, so that's kind of the bad news and the good news intermixed. That's the world in which we live in. So if I'm a high school or college student right now, I'm struggling with this question, who am I? Who am I? Some of us as adults are still struggling with this question. You know, who am I? Kara Powell, in a book recently wrote, uh, a book called Growing Young, said that there are three primary questions every person will ask in their life. And I've got it in your notes. Check them out. Who am I? That's the identity question. And it deals with me. Second great question is, where do I fit? Where do I fit in the world? That is the belonging question, and it deals with us. And the third key question is, what difference do I make? And that's a purpose question. What's my reason for being in the world? And that is our collective purpose in life. So, with some of that sociology and and, uh, cutting-edge research, it's not a bad time to ask this question. Who really am I? So let's go to the text for some help. Paul writes a second letter. Actually, it's probably the third letter that he wrote to the church in Corinth. And I'd like to read our text for this morning. So, so notice this. There's some movement happening here. And this is important. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Hmm. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. We got to say this one together because this is this is really this is really our identity as Christian people. Okay? Will you say this one with me out loud? Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, the new is here. Who am I? I'm a new person in Jesus Christ. I have a new identity. Who am I? I'm a new person. I'm no longer that old person. I've shed that skin. I've put it off, and I've put on the clothes of Christ. I have a new identity. And it's a radical and profound transformation. All right, let's keep going. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, sorry, We are, therefore, Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. Did you see all three of those questions in there? Who am I? What's my identity? I'm a new creature in Jesus Christ. Where do I fit? Where do I belong? If I'm a new person in Jesus Christ, I belong to the body of Christ in a local congregation where I embed myself to love and learn and grow and become a more faithful follower of Christ in my new identity. 
And what is my purpose? To be a reconciler. Of all things. All things. I think that human beings, doesn't matter how young or old one is, we can thrive if we really understand this new identity in Jesus Christ. So this new identity in Jesus Christ is of utmost significance for us to understand, to feel, and to live into. Now I'm fully aware of all the messages that we get from the world over and over and over and over again that tell us we're not this new identity, we're this other identity. And it's usually a negative message, right? And it usually is around not enough of, and then you can fill in the blank hundreds and hundreds of times. You're not smart enough. You're not pretty enough. You're not strong enough. You're not spiritual enough. You're not winsome enough. You're not, don't have enough likes. You're not worthy. You're not handsome. You're not lovable. The list goes on and on and on and on. And those messages just continue to beat us down so that our shoulders crump over. Ever feel like that? I mean, on bad news days, you ever really sometimes feel like this and you just kind of stand up a little straighter? The first thing that happens is your back cracks about five times. Remember, you're, you know, you're level 56 like I am. Right? By the way, level 56. I propose a new way of talking about birthdays today. They're no longer birthdays. Forget about birthdays because there's something inherently bad. The older you get, the higher the number, the worse it feels. The younger the number, the more significant you are. Right? use the word level. Doesn't that sound better? I mean, it just, it just feels better. Forget about birthdays. We're now all on levels, all right? Um, Len, what level are you? What level are you? You're level 46? I thought you said 26. That's the downside. But the higher the level, the less you hear, all right? All right, that's not in the message. What, what I want to do is, let's talk a little bit about this new creation. I'm no longer this, I'm this in Jesus Christ. So I need your help for this. Are you ready? You don't have to say anything, but I need some people to help me. Um, I need somebody in the front row. That can. Thanks for volunteering. Yes, my good friends. Come on up here, Matt. Stand up here. This is, this is Matt. And Matt, was there a time in your life when you, ever, when you were not a Christian? You grew up in the church. Okay, so sit back down. Thanks. That... <laughs> Come on up, Phil. All right, Phil, hop the front row. Well, maybe not. Here comes Phil. Uh, and this is, this is just hypothetical. Okay, but this, this is going to work out pretty good. No rush, by the way. <laughs> Seriously. Hey, I'm level 51, but my knees are 65. Okay, way to use my comedy against me. So I want you to stand over here. Before you became a Christian, and we're not going to personalize this to Phil. He's just a volunteer, right? We want him to be encouraged in his faith. But think about what a person's life is like, and he's just going to represent it. What is somebody's life like apart from Christ? And he's going to hold a, appropriately so, red cup. There you go. Thank you very much. You don't have to say anything. So what, what, what's life like for people that don't know Christ? Just start throwing things out. 
What was it? Self-sufficient. That's a great one. Most of us are self-sufficient. I got this. I can do it. What else? Trouble. Thank you very much. What else? Empty. Always looking for fun. Yeah. Nihilistic maybe, right? Just fun. Self-centered. Okay, you're pitching in. I like that. Self-centered. What else? Unsatisfied. Hopeless. Purposeless. Searching. Okay. Smug. Hardness of heart. What did he say? Bad decisions. Bad decisions. <laughs> I can't hear. I'm not kidding you. Bad decisions. I'm putting off the hearing aid till I get to level 60. What else? Okay, lack of morals. Selfishness. Worldly. All about my portfolio. Probably the pronoun is all I, me, my. Right? Not a real significant understanding of us, we, common good. Those are a few. All right, so you kind of get the drift, right? So here's where it gets fascinating, but before I take us to a transformational moment, I need a few more volunteers, okay? So I'm going to need, how about Danielle? You don't have to say anything. Are you cool with this? Come on up, Danielle. Danielle's, Danielle, you're going to represent um, the Godhead. You're going to represent the Creator, and I'm just going to, you're going to get an orange cup for that. So this is, come on over just a little bit more. This is Danielle. She represents um, the 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 creator in the Trinity. And I'm going to need another gal, I think. Lynn, are you cool? Are you okay coming up? Okay, so Lynn's going to represent the spirit of God, and she's also going to get an orange cup. She's going to get an orange cup. So we have the, the creator, the spirit, and now we need, Lynn's got to come up. Lynn, I need you, buddy. Um, you're going to represent Jesus. Oh, he's done that before. No, just... <laughs> it's just... It's just, I'll give you the cup. Just <laughs> behave, would you? Okay, so we've got the Trinity over here. So this is, to me, this is interesting because this is kind of out of the text. So Phil has been all the things that we've talked about, but there comes a moment in time when Phil says, the old is gone and the new has come. Amen. Right? And there's somewhere along the line, there's this, this moment. We talked about it last week. There's a moment in prison, man, where you said, I'm at the end of my rope no more, and I give my life to Christ. And you leave this behind, right? And you say no to all that stuff, follow me over here. And you surrender your life to Christ, and you get an orange cup. But now the fascinating thing about all this stuff is that when you do that, we symbolize it, we symbolize it in a, in a sacrament called the baptism. Because you're no longer all that stuff, you're a new creature in Jesus Christ. You've been given a brand new identity You've been called Phil Rollins, new creature in Christ, child of the living and loving and flowing God. Right? Now, it's still not just you with all your three uh, new posse over here against the world, but it's kind of like that at least initially. Because wherever the Godhead is, so is the Spirit. Can you kind of move this way a little bit? And wherever the Godhead and the Spirit are, so is, the, so is Christ. And wherever the Godhead and the Spirit and Christ are, those folks 
are in you and you are in them. Amen. Okay, so come stand up here. And this is the new identity for Phil Rollins. Phil, when you said no to all that stuff and yes to Christ, you get all of this. That's your new identity. Isn't that a cool thing? (laughs) Right? Yeah. So thanks, these guys. I'm going to let you go back to your seats. Thanks for being uh, reluctant volunteers. I need my cups. My granddaughter plays with these things. By the way, you may want to disinfect your hands later. Not for me, from an 18-month-old. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. Every single one of us in this room has a brand new identity. And it's a different identity than we're told over and over and over and over and over again in search of whatever on these things. And that's the real news of the gospel this morning. Did you know in scripture that there are 90 statements of what each of us are in Jesus Christ? Can I give you about 15 of them? I'm gonna rip them off. I mean, fast, not steal them. We're a child of God, we're more than conquerors. We've been sanctified and called to holiness. We are called by God to God's self. We are victorious through Christ. We are more than enough through Christ. We have been established, anointed, and sealed by God in Jesus Christ. We are an heir. We are a saint. We are blessed with every spiritual blessing. We are made alive in Jesus Christ. We are a beloved child of God in Jesus Christ. We have been raised up and seated with Christ in heaven. We have been redeemed and forgiven. We have been given peace. We are made complete. I am loved, and I think my favorite, I am a friend of God. Are you encouraged this morning? You are a friend. You, and those are just 15 of 90. I thought you would like start walking out on me if I listed all 90. In fact, if you want the sheet, I'll give it to you. You're no longer any of that stuff. That's the fake news. That's the BS news. That's the, that's the news that beats us down, but the real truth of the matter is we all have a new identity in Jesus Christ. That's all gone. The new has come, and we symbolize it in baptism, and we remember it every month at the Lord's table. Wow. <laughs> the power of God to transform each and all. Now the interesting thing that's tricky about this is if that wasn't cool enough. When we think about our moment of conversion, right? Phil had a moment in his life where he said, no more of that, knew this. The power of the moment of that conversion we often think about as an event in the past only, don't we? But here's where the scriptural words get really powerful. The word for salvation in the text is sozo. 
Sozo, it gets tricky with time. Because it's not just an event in the past. In other words, I have been saved. It also includes the present and the future all at the same time. So when this event happened in the past, it means I have been saved, I am being saved, and I always will be saved. And you know what, sucker? There's nothing you can do about that. See, in our human experience of it, we think, oh, that was just something that happened in the past. No, it's happening right now. It's still happening today. Every big and small and conscious and unconscious decision we make to live faithfully and fully into this new posse helps to solidify that new identity that we already have. Time gets tricky with this word and yet so encouraging if we get the fact that it's, it's in the past, it's in the present, it's in the future, and it will never be taken away because that's the way God loves us in Jesus Christ, infused by the Spirit. Wow. When we get that and we recognize that we all get that, now we're all get a fire lit under our little feet because the, this place exists now <laughs> for a reason. Right? I mean, we're all in this thing together. We're all a part of this new thing called a new creation and a new identity because we have been, we are being, and we always will belong to this realm. And that realm is called the body of Christ. And in belonging to that body of Christ, we have a purpose in the world, a reconciling purpose. Our purpose is not to malign other people. Our purpose is not to create division. And our purpose is not to create conflict amongst ourselves or anyone else. That's not our purpose. That's the old world creeping in. Our purpose is to build bridges and to always be what? A reconciler. To build bridges to make things right. Between all people, in all places, and all times. Wax on. Sorry. Wax off. My friend, the gospel of Jesus Christ this morning is, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they're a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. And it's not just you and the Creator and the Son and the Spirit doing this. It's happening to every single one of us, and it's infusing us with the Holy Spirit power and energy so that we can be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ in the world as reconcilers. Are you encouraged this morning? I hope so, because you know what? There's a lot of bad news going on out there. And yet, the church is the hope for the world. So my friends, you are not any of those not-enoughs. You have a new identity in Jesus Christ. We have a new identity in Jesus Christ. And when we realize that and live from that place, well, heck, look what 12 followers did 2,000 years ago. We got a hundred and some in here.
we can light the world up as Jesus Christ leads. My friends, remember your baptism. Let's pray. Well, there's always more to be said, but let what has been said this day be enough. In a not enough world, (laughs) we're a new creation, we're a new creation, we're a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. The old no longer exists. The new has come. Not just for me, not just for any one person in this room, but for all of us. It has happened. It is happening. It will always be this way. May it excite and enthuse and mobilize and equip and unleash and empower a conspiracy of love that reconciles all people in all places and in all times. God, may we never forget our baptism, the symbol of the old being gone and the new arriving in and through Christ, in whose strong name we pray.